Last Thursday, we celebrated the great feast of the transfiguration of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we have been talking these past five or six weeks on theosis, and on the day of transfiguration, we, all, we, we see theosis in action. We see the human nature of Jesus being divinized. We see the light, the uncreated light of God shining through the human nature of Jesus. And this is the perfect definition of theosis. That's going to happen to us one day. Let's read, on the, think on these things on the page that begins Today Christ on Mount Tabor, because these are four short hymns from the Feast of the Transfiguration of Christ that speak about theosis. Let's read the first one together. Today Christ on Mount Tabor was changed, has changed the darkened nature of Adam and filling it with brightness, he has made it God-like. I'd like to say here that Christ came to make our human nature God-like, the way it should have been without the fall of Adam. And he gave us a humanity that is surpassed in that which it is called to become when it shares in the glory of God, as we saw in Jesus on the Feast of the Transfiguration. The second hymn together, He who once spoke through symbols to Moses on Mount Sinai, saying, I am he who is, was transfigured today upon Mount Tabor before the disciples. And in his own person, he showed them the nature of man arrayed in the original beauty of the image. I'd like to say here that Christ restored the pristine beauty of the original image of God that had been marred by sin and prepared it for theosis. Let's read the third hymn. Thou wast transfigured upon Mount Tabor, showing the exchange mortal men will make with thy glory at thy second and fearful coming, O Savior. This means that the bodies of our loved ones that now lie buried in cemeteries will be raised at the second coming of Jesus, and they will be raised as transfigured and glorified bodies. As St. Paul writes so beautifully in 1 Corinthians 15, the body is sown in dishonor, it is raised in honor as a glorified body. That's theosis, the glorified body. And the last hymn together, Thou hast put Adam on entire, O Christ, and changing the nature grown dark in past times, thou hast filled it with glory and made it godlike. Now, our destiny then is theosis, as this hymn so beautifully expresses. Theosis means union with Christ, and as we live in Christ and for Christ in this world, the result is the surpassing of the created, that is, our human nature, in communion with the uncreated God. And as happened to Jesus on the day of the transfiguration, so it will happen to us when we are raised at the second coming of Jesus. Now, two weeks ago, we concluded by saying 
that we are saved from sin for theosis. And we began talking about the ways by which we put on Christ and achieve theosis, union with Christ. And we talked about prayer and we talked about the sacraments. Now, today we're going to conclude by naming the rest of the ways by which we can put on Christ and achieve union with him. In addition to prayer, there can be no theosis without repentance. And how often we hear that word. It was the first theme of the Sermon of Jesus. His first sermon, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, theosis keeps producing within us a deep sensitivity to sin, which leads us to a continual attitude of repentance. Let's read on the opposite side of the page, item number one, St. John the Latter, who speaks so beautifully about repentance. Let's read it together. St. John of the Latter says that repentance is a renewal of our baptism, a new birth, a new resurrection. He goes on to say that repentance is a turning point from that which is not our nature to that which is our nature, and a turning from the devil to God through spiritual struggle and pain. Another father of the church, St. James the Syrian, said, Repentance is the door to God's mercy, open to those who diligently seek it. And by this door, he says, we enter into divine mercy. And by no other entrance can we find this mercy, he says. Let us then not grieve when we make a slip. But he says, let us grieve rather when we become hardened to the slip, to the sin. For even the perfect often slip, but to be hardened in the same slip means total death. All of the above mentioned means toward theosis that we have mentioned, prayer, the sacraments, repentance, require our cooperation with God. And this cooperation is expressed in Orthodox theology with that word askesis, which may be defined as a constant, persistent striving toward the goal of union with Christ, theosis. The aim of ascesis or struggle or self-discipline is never, never to gain merit or payment or reward from God because of our ascesis, struggle, self-discipline. It represents rather the struggle that is involved in renouncing our sin sinful nature in order to yield ourselves totally in self-surrender to God as we journey to theosis or union with Christ. Now, this ascesis that we're talking about, this struggle on our part, this self-discipline on our part must be viewed always in the light of the crucifixion of Christ because Christ did not die instead of us so that we would not have to die. He died for us so that we could die with him and in dying with him have fullness of life. His is the only death 
that leads to life. Our death, in other words, our dying to sin apart from his, does not lead to life. But in baptism, as St. Paul so beautifully states, Jesus draws us into his own dying, Romans 6.3. And this dying with Christ in order to live with him is what we Orthodox mean when we use that word ascesis. So through ascesis we are called to die, to sin and self, so that we may live the life of God now. We must become, as St. Paul says so beautifully, dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now such ascesis is not limited to the practice of certain specific rituals such as fasting, prayer, uh, vigils, and so on. It is rather a whole way of life, a whole Christian lifestyle. To deny ourselves in this way is part of the ascesis, the training for theosis. And such ascesis serves to conform us to the image of God as we keep growing toward union with Christ, toward theosis. Now, in addition to repentance, in addition to prayer, in addition to the sacraments, we grow toward theosis by keeping the commandments, especially, especially the greatest of all commandments. You shall love the Lord your God with all your mind, all your heart, all your strength, and all your soul, and your neighbor as yourself because God is love and can be reached only through love. And it is through the practice of love that we achieve the purpose for which we were created, salvation and theosis, union with Christ. And love, the highest of all gifts, of all virtues, is not something that we can achieve on our own. Scripture tells us that it is a gift that the Holy Spirit pours into our hearts, Romans 5.5. 5. Other than love, nothing is more divine, and it is through the practice of love above all that we achieve this union with Christ, this theosis. Now let's turn to number two on that sheet because here we see Bishop Callistus where summarizing what we have said about how we can obtain union with Christ, theosis. Let's read it together. The way to deification, to union with God, is to take part in the sacramental life of the church. If a man asks, how can I become God? The answer is very simple. Go to church, receive the sacraments regularly, pray to God in spirit and truth, Read the Gospels, follow the commandments. Life is not like, uh, as Sacra said once, a burning theater in which we're all trapped with no exit. In his great love for us, God himself has provided an exit. In fact, he himself is the exit, the door that leads homeward. Now, we do not have to run like rats in a maze up one blind alley after another. The way before us is clear. As Father Kalivas, who teaches liturgical theology at our seminary, has so well said, quote, 
planted in Christ, we become again sons and daughters of the Father. And in the power of the Holy Spirit, we begin our divine ascent to God. We begin the ceaseless process by which the image of God is realized in us. We move gradually but certainly from weakness to strength, from sin to holiness, from death to life, from dishonor to honor, from glory to glory. Day by day, step by step, this should be happening in our lives. So the true greatness of man lies in what God has called him to become. God by grace, just as he is God by nature. Man is so great that he can contain God in himself. He can be united with God inseparably and grow into the measure and stature of the Son of God, as St. Paul says. We are called, as Ephesians 4.15 says, we are called to grow into him, Christ, in all things. And our destiny is the highest possible destiny expressed in the, in the Bible when we read, we shall be like him, Christ. To see Christ face to face with these very eyes, to be with him, in unbroken fellowship eternally to be like him. This is the destiny of every Christian soul. So of all religions, none offers more respect and dignity to man than Christianity. And of all Christian traditions, none provides man with such a glorious goal as orthodoxy, namely theosis, becoming partakers of divine nature. And the seed for this was planted in us in baptism. And this seed needs, needs to be nurtured on a daily basis through prayer and the sacraments and repentance to help us become what we are, namely children of God and heirs of his eternal kingdom. I'd like to ask you before I conclude this very simple question. When was the last time that your fantastic potential in Christ gave you goose pimples? If it hasn't, it should. May we read together Mary Alice and her potential. That's number three. Mary Alice had potential. It was the first thing anyone noticed when they met her. Mary Alice, they would say, you've got great potential. After a while, Mary Alice became frightened. What if I should lose my potential, she thought. So Mary Alice kept her potential stuffed under the mattress. She soon discovered that the lump under the mattress made it difficult to sleep. Mary Alice packed up her potential and took it to a bank on the far side of town and she rented a large safe deposit box and locked her potential away in the vault. Faithfully, in the third Tuesday of every month, Mary Alice would visit her potential. Cautiously, she would peek into the box. Then she would lock it up again and store her potential safely back in the vault. 
Feeling quite content, Mary Alice would take the bus home secure in the knowledge that if nothing else, she would always have her potential. Unfortunately, this is what many of us do with our potential. We bury it, and we think we have it. In concluding, I'd like to remind us all that when we were baptized, God placed in each one of us the richest of all potentials. We call it theosis, a union with him, becoming like him, seeing him face to face, spending eternity with him in heaven. And this theosis, this gift of sharing in the life of God through faith, prayer, and the sacrament is a potential that is made possible in us through grace and through the sacraments. So theosis, that, that word that, of orthodox theology that sounds so difficult, is really a very, very simple word. It means becoming. Becoming more like God in Christ as we go through life day by day. Becoming all that God wants us to become by his grace and growing to the fullest potential that God intends for us, becoming partakers of his nature. So our true greatness lies in what God has called us to become, children of God. And I conclude with 1 John 3.2 that expresses it so beautifully. Beloved, we are God's children now. Yet, it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he, Christ, appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Let us pray. Lord, what am I becoming? I know I'm becoming older, but am I becoming wiser, more loving, more forgiving, more gracious, more understanding, in a word, more like you, more godlike, more Christ-like? Am I striving to become by grace what you created me to be? Or am I denying and covering over your restored image in me through selfishness and greed and hatred? Help me to aspire to the highest and the best and to use the power you offer me to become truly your child as I partake more and more of your love. We pray in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.